You can't wipe your butt or sterilize your hands with gold. It's toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Those are the, that's the gold uh, currently. I would love to see something come out from the AICPA talking about this, encouraging firms, encouraging partners to enable remote work. I mean, if you don't have the tech, I understand, but if you have the ability to do it, then let them work remotely for their sake and for your sake. And most of these partners are probably baby boomers who are more susceptible to the disease. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. Crazy week, Blake. You always say that, and it really was a crazy week. Um, It's Thursday, March 12th. The president gave his speech from the Oval Office to the nation last night. Can I just run down some quick stats of where we're at, frame the discussion we're going to have? 5 p.m. Pacific on March 12th. Where are we? Okay, so worldwide, 134,000 cases of coronavirus with almost 5,000 deaths. 4,970. In the US, we have 1,680 and 40 deaths recorded. But we all know that the number of cases is likely much larger than that uh, because we don't have enough tests to test everybody. And there are just simply lots of people who don't have symptoms, so they don't get tested. So, you know, what else is going on? Worst day for stocks since the 1987 crash, the SP 500 is down 27% from its high. The Dow is down 29%, I want to say. Well, the Dow finished at what, 21,000? If (sighs) if I remember recently, the Dow hit 30,000, right? It was a big historical thing. And it was somewhat recent, I think. Yeah. The highs were back in February. Okay. So yeah, everything's getting canceled. March Madness, NBA, NHL, MLB, Disneyland, uh, the churches are not going to be having services. I I live in Los Angeles, and uh, the rumor is that LAUSD is going to announce that they're closing after tomorrow, as have other school districts. We've had one death here in LA County, and we've got cases here. So that's a precaution. My kids, uh, spring break starts tomorrow. So I'm assuming here in uh, Tucson anyways, the They'll ride that out, then make a decision at the end of next week, possibly. I, I think everything's going to shut down for at least 14 days to, to balance out this curve. Um, I think since we're talking about canceling stuff, uh, we could kind of talk about how it affects us uh, accounting shows. Some yes. conferences have been getting canceled this week. And, and and that's good that you're bringing that up because like, you know, I just want to frame the discussion with some of those overall stats. The, the purpose of this special episode is not to give you the information about coronavirus, like in general. You can go get that wherever you want. We're going to talk about how it's affecting the accounting industry specifically. That's what we want to cover today. And so, yeah, conferences are getting canceled. Oracle NetSuite was in Las Vegas. That was uh, around April 20th. Yeah, Sweet World. Sweet World. And uh, so that's been rescheduled, right? That's been rescheduled to uh, mid August, I think. And then just today, Account Tech UK. Just got canceled, and that's rescheduled out to November. Um, but in Sydney, and there's a lot of chatter about this um, on Twitter. So the Accounting Business Expo takes place in Sydney, March 25th and 26th, mm-hmm. and they have a statement from like 16 hours ago that says they're still going to hold toast the event. Really? It's being, but it's being questioned because at this point everything's getting canceled. But yeah. that event still, uh, as we record, is still listed on is going. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're going to be able to 
keep that going. Well, speaking of canceled, I remember last time we recorded, I was going to go to Tel Aviv. Oh, yeah. You were headed over to the Melio headquarters, right? Yes. Yeah. I was a mile from the airport. Literally, I'd have my wife pull over as I got a phone call and they said, don't come. Because the basically Israel right then was deciding to not to quarantine everybody for 14 days, no matter what country you're coming from. Wow. So if I would have gotten that plane, I probably would not be back getting to the States. It would be, I'd be in a big mess right now. So yeah. uh, th- thankfully, um, uh, my managers at Melio realized and made it the correct call at the last minute. Well, that's good. So accounting conferences are canceled, which is the safe thing to do, right? Because the way this pandemic works is counterintuitive. It spreads exponentially. And what do I mean by that? This is something that's kind of foreign to us as accountants because we're used to very linear growth in a lot of cases. When we do financial projections for folks, we're not typically doing it exponentially unless maybe we're you know, doing something for a model for a SaaS company or something like that. Usually we're projecting, oh, 5% growth annually or something like that. But with with this disease... The reproductive rate, which is the the scientific way of, of describing how quickly it reproduces and um, uh, how many people each person will infect. So the reproductive rate of the seasonal flu is like in the low one point somethings, right? So one point, let's say it's 1.3. This has a reproductive rate of, of 2.3, uh, maybe 2.6. We're not really sure, but it's over two. So that means that if you get sick, David, you're going to give it to two, at least two other people on average. And so that very quickly multiplies. So you, if you have one infected person, that becomes two, which becomes four, which becomes eight, which becomes 16, 32, 64, 128, and you know, so on. And then, and then you're in the hundreds and then you're very quickly in the thousands. So that's why everyone is so freaking out so much about this, right? Because we've got... 1,600 cases here in the US. So that could very easily become 3,000 something and then 6,000 and then and so on, right? And then we've got 12,000. There's projections that show that if we don't do anything about this, you know, we'll have over 1.4 million people infected by April 30th. And that's if like nobody does anything, right? Like if everybody carried on as normal, if you still had all the conferences, people were taking plane flights, everybody was interacting as normal, that's would be the case, but yeah, maybe. Well, I've seen a few different models, um, and I made my own, by the way. And the one that I made, uh, and, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes, doesn't account for any mitigation in one of the scenarios. And in that case, though, the only difference is like it takes another week for us to get, you know, like if, if you do low mitigation, it only takes maybe another week to get to the unmitigated scenario. So, <laughs> all right, so it's kind of delaying it. Yeah, yeah. We need to do a lot right now to stop it. It's absolutely essential that we do as much as we can right now to stop it. Yeah, and that's I think that term that's being thrown out there is uh, flattening the curve. Um, I I do have an article I found that was uh, the case for canceling everything. It was in the Atlantic, and they really talked about like the only measure that's been effective is extreme social distancing. Mm -hmm. Right? People just not interacting. And the scary part is if we don't flatten out the curve, it would just it could just overwhelm the healthcare system. Like they can only handle right. so many patients a day. And so maybe uh, maybe the amount of infections is still large, but if you can stretch it out over 25 days instead of four days, it, it, it's just going to be easier to manage for everybody involved. Yeah. And that's why so many people are dying in Italy right now is that all the ventilators that you have to use to keep the sickest people alive are occupied. So if you get really sick, you're not getting medical care. 
you know, they don't even have enough hospital beds in some cases. So like, that's the critical thing is that we stretch this thing out. We're not going to be able to prevent most people from getting infected, but if they get infected more slowly, then we can care for the people who do. And that reduces the death rate like dramatically. And it's true. Only a small percentage, if you get medical care, will actually die. It can be as low as 0.7%. I think that's what the situation is in Singapore. But that's because everybody's getting top quality medical care there because they don't have a lot of cases. So that makes a big difference. Don't overwhelm the medical system. And if we don't do anything and we have 1.4 million cases by April 30th, then if we even have like a low death rate of 1%, you know, that's a lot of people. That's it's still 10x more than the flu, I think. Yeah, if it's 1%. 140,000 people, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm wondering like how many accounting firms, it, it's busy season, right? How many firms are still having their staff come to the office? It seems like I don't have any numbers on this. I kind of want to do a survey, but it seems like uh, when I read online, like people are sort of making like black humor jokes about it. That well, like this I, is still I, I happening. Feel like there's two two universes, right? Like there's all the tech companies have told all their employees to work from home. Any company that can, they've told their employees to work from home. Facebook, Google, in theory, Twitter. accounting comp- accounting firms could do that. Yeah. Right, because it's like they're physically producing something, but you're not seeing that messaging come down from the accounting firms. And I even had saw an article where um, somebody at, I, I want to say in Deloitte in the Philippines has confirmed. So, so they have employees that have confirmed infections, and they're still at the office. I don't know if they're still at the office, yeah. that person, but I mean, in general, like they're not they're not sending everybody home. Yeah, you know, we're we're not hearing anything uh, from the big fours and at that front because at least I, I think if they announce it like that, it would bubble up to make the news. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Giraffe. Giraffe sounds a lot like giraffe, and that's no accident. Giraffes are the tallest animal in the world. That gives them a great view. Our goal at Giraffe is to give you a similarly great view of what's going on with your business. We do that by helping you understand where your business has been, and most importantly, predict where it's going. Giraffe connects your cloud-based accounting, payroll, CRM, and billing data together to automatically update shareable online dashboards, monthly reporting packages, and sophisticated financial plans and budgets in real time. If you're using Excel for reporting and forecasting, you'll save hours every month with Giraffe. Learn how accounting firms are using Giraffe to deliver connected insight, strategize growth, and help their clients make more profitable decisions. Visit giraffe.com and start your 30-day free trial. That's J-I-R-A-V dot com. See farther with Giraffe. And I, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, do you work, if you're listening, do you work at an accounting firm where, you know, people are still coming into the office business as usual? It just, and most firms are set up, uh, especially if they have audit folks who go out and audit, like you're set up with a computer and you can work on a VPN, you can work remotely. It's just a matter of like, are the partners willing to let people do that? I would love to see something come out from the AICPA talking about this, encouraging firms, encouraging partners to enable remote work. I mean, if you don't have the tech, I understand, but if you have the ability to do it, then let them work remotely for their sake and for your sake. And most of these partners are probably baby boomers who are more susceptible to the disease. Uh, And don't forget the clients too, right? You don't want clients coming in and getting sick. So like the AICPA was pretty quick, actually. They issued a statement yesterday. This is on the AICPA website. The release is uh, titled, 
AICPA calls for individual and business tax relief amid coronavirus pandemic. I'll just read the beginning of this. The American Institute of CPAs today called for the Treasury Department and the IRS to provide relief to all taxpayers in light of the uncertainty and challenges caused by the spread of the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. Specifically, we request the Treasury and the IRS consider the following recommendations, which will provide extensive relief to millions of individuals and businesses. Um, And then there's a list of relief requested for individuals and businesses. For individuals, the AICPA is asking for deadlines from March 15th getting pushed to October 15th. And I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Let's, let's, Let's just push tax season to October 15th. And that way, these firms where you know there's all this pressure uh, to produce work can say, okay, let's take a break. Let's let people go home and let's deal with this virus. And uh, they're also asking for automatic extensions to October 15th without the need to file any forms. Great idea. Waiving penalties and interest for you know late payment penalties if the tax is paid by April 15th. Waiving interest through October 15th, other things like that. Pretty much the same stuff for businesses, right? Automatic extensions, let's delay things until October 15th. So this is great, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's good for the clients. But what about, you know, staff? Like, let's look after our own welfare too. So I I would hope that they would, you know, say something about that. Because there's this society of CPAs, right? It's, it's, Right, it's it's the society of a bunch of people. It's like the show right? must go on, <laughs> and yeah, but there's people here. Yeah, right. Even Broadway is canceled. I don't know if you heard that. I saw that. At my um, wife's uncle is an actor, and he uh, he tweeted or talked about his place canceled for a while. My concern though is that a lot of accountants, a lot of CPAs, are going to get sick because we have this busy season mentality that like nothing stops us <laughs> during busy season, no matter what. Not even, not even pandemics. Not even we, pandemics. We, like, we work through everything. I mean, maybe that's the other route on this, right? Like, okay, we're just going to keep our staff locked up in a building for 14 straight days and just not let them go out to the outside world. Well, that, there was maybe, a joke. Maybe that's- <laughs> there was a joke on a meme on, on the accounting subreddit. Somebody said that their office is joking about a reverse quarantine where once you come into the office, you can't leave until tax season is over. <laughs> And they, yeah, you know, it's pretty much like that anyway. So it wouldn't be that much of a sacrifice. I think for a lot of our listeners, we're the Cloud Accounting Podcast. They're able to work remotely. They just spin it up fast. They interact with their clients remotely, right? They're no. they're, they're on the cloud. Um, but what about all those people that aren't in the cloud, which is still a lot of the bell curve, yep. right? People that are used to driving to their clients to do work. Yeah. If you're not set up for remote work already in, in the cloud, like, is this what's going to finally put all those bookkeepers that have been resisting the cloud because there's a set of them that have right for the last eight years. Is this what's going to push everybody over? And they're like, obviously I have to, I have to move, I have to migrate people's files over to QuickBooks zero. You can bet that as soon as this is over, there will be significant investments in remote technology, whether that's hosting or cloud or a hybrid approach or whatever. Like it's, it's essential to surviving uh, disasters and any area that has been through a significant disaster, like the firms there have already done this because they know. And I think to, there's, you know, uh, like we're seeing, we're seeing response to this, like Oracle, Apple, Google, Amazon, they're all having people work from home, but then you're seeing this in the apps, right? Uh, Google apps are up. Um, Zoom. the Oh, uh, the stock, right. Yeah. 
Well, one- the stock's up, but because the use is up. Right. Um, Slack, I saw Slack. Like, mm. All these signups are at all-time highs. Well, um, and a bunch of these apps have done a smart thing, which is they've made their services temporarily free. So Zoom, for instance, had a cap of, I believe, 30 or 40 minutes on any meeting for free. Yeah, there's a free option. They've lifted that temporarily. So now anyone can use it for free. And they're building a ton of goodwill and people are going to keep using it after. And I saw some stories about other solutions doing that as well. And uh, I know uh, Zoho just coincidentally just launched a remote working collaborational productivity platform. Um, I saw TikTok. You know, are you, are you on TikTok? <laughs> no, that, TikTok? I I have not yet. I, I refuse to join TikTok yet. I, okay. Well, so my son Xander, the other day, yesterday at Starbucks, he's like, dad, you guys should get a TikTok. Look, I can even set it up for you. I was like, slow, slow your roll, son. Like, we don't need this yet. <laughs> I need to talk to Blake first. So TikTok's like a little fast video thing. So we could make 15 second videos or something. Yeah. Um, Any but listeners that have teenagers probably know about TikTok. It's usually people like dancing to music though, right? I, I don't know how this is going to fit with the podcast. But, because they're going to launch work from home tools. They're, they're launching a Google, Google, uh, Google office type suite because they have the eyeballs. And if you can hook those teenagers in, just like, you know, my generation really got hooked into Microsoft office because it was at all the schools. Yeah, yeah. And then the next generation really got hooked into Google office, right? You're a Google office person, a Google, uh, they don't call it Google office. What does what Google call it? Google apps, right? Mm-hmm. And if TikTok has all the teenagers' attention, if they can get them using TikTok, Word, TikTok, Excel, they're going to have a whole generation using their products when they become possible, yeah. in the business world. But but it's all it's all remote work tools. So I found a stat that backs up that remote work tools are doing well. There's a site called Productive. It's uh, Productive without an E, so just a V at the end. They are a firm that helps companies track how their employees use software, and they're reporting that Zoom usage is up 30% since the beginning of February for employers who put restrictions on travel. Microsoft Teams usage among among productive clients is up 20% in the first week of March compared to the first week of February. And I think that's among people who are already probably using a lot of cloud software because... Productive is a tool that monitors cloud software. I can't. It's it's probably up much more than that. And I imagine Teams be, is is going to get a huge bump because people are so many companies already have it. They don't even know they have it, so they just have to flip it on. Microsoft just needs to communicate to people. Yeah. They and they, by the way, they saw a five hundred percent increase in meetings, calls, and conference usage in China since the end of January. The chat volume was up fifty percent on Microsoft Teams last week. And video and audio meetings were up 37% compared with a week earlier. And that was uh, among Microsoft uh, employees. Do you, uh, what are there some firm impacts that we're seeing out there? Um, business executives at CPA firms are worried about coronavirus. Well, yeah, duh. That was in accounting today. I mean, like, I think there's a lot of obvious stuff that's being thrown out there right. a little bit. There's some news in the Journal of Accountancy of interest to folks who are working in in industry, so not the CPA firms, but the in-house accountants. The SEC is providing some coronavirus relief. They've announced that if you're a public company and you have a deadline between March and April, March 1st and April 30th, under certain conditions, you can get an additional 45 days to file certain disclosure reports that would have been due during that time. And one of the conditions is that you have to 
report a summary of why you need the relief. So basically write a letter saying why you need the relief and the SEC uh, will grant it. And uh, they've also said they're open to extending that time period, changing the circumstances or providing additional relief based on uh, individual circumstances. So hopefully that will get the accountants out of the office. Uh, if they are unable to work remotely, you know, they can quarantine uh, without worrying about missing an SEC deadline, which is you know, something you do not want to happen. Why don't we continue to talk about some of the government relief stuff that's happening then? Because I think yeah. Trump last night announced that there's going to be um, $40 billion or something for – or $60 billion possibly, I think it was, for small business um, uh, loans through the SBA. Yes. I, I don't know the specifics, but I heard that. Oh. And, that, and that's what's really hard is like, are all these just proposals? Does it have to become a bill first? Does he have to declare a state emergency? Because I also saw um, about uh, a tax cut or a tax holiday, they were calling it. Yeah, that right? was the and, um, the payroll tax holiday. And, and as I re- read yeah. that, I, I, that it, it sounds like you know, he's pushing to have that through the election, obviously, for his own interest, right? Um, but it, it sounds like uh, – Federal withholdings on the tail, but then also the more I read the article, in some of the quotes from some of the senators and Congress people, is that maybe Social Security and Medicare might actually be on the table as well. Yeah, but that, but that even Lindsey Graham, I, I saw him on Fox News, and he said, "No, I, I'm not. He doesn't like that idea, right?" Or he said it in a nice way, but he's not on board with that. So there's a lot of resistance in Congress to the payroll tax cut, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because. The number one thing we need to do during this crisis is get social distancing. And that means sick people need to stay home and not go to work. And if you give people a payroll tax cut, that only helps people who are going to work if they're hourly workers. Those are the people who are most likely to go to work when they're sick because if they don't go to work, they don't get paid because we don't have a federal sick policy. And a lot of people don't get any sick time. So like it would actually could have a perverse impact of – Oh, now I'm making more money if I go to work. So I definitely want to go to work, even if I'm sick. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Melio Payments. Do you have clients that are logging into their bank website to manually pay their bills, or even worse, clients that are still handwriting paper checks because the alternatives are either too complicated or too expensive? You need to introduce them to Melio Payments. Melio Payments is easy to use B2B payments and receivables. Think Venmo, PayPal, or Zelle, but for small businesses. Melio is an app that all small businesses are capable of using regardless of size, shape, or budget. By using Melio, your clients can pay their bills easier than using their bank website, and you get the processing controls you need like support for multiple users, approvals, and two-way syncing with QuickBooks Online. Melio can also help your clients improve their cash flow by allowing them to pay their bills using their business credit cards to take advantage of up to a 45-day float until their next credit card billing cycle. Now paying the rent can lead to earning those credit card points your clients love. To learn more about Melio Payments and to get your very own Melio.me link that you can use to receive payments from your business clients, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash Melio. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash M-E-L-I-O. Like really needs to be, they need to send out checks. And then to some extent, like it could even be a small amount, right? You could just figure out what it costs for high speed internet. And then figure out the cost to subscribe people to Netflix, Disney Plus, and all that. So people just have – they can occupy themselves when they're at home. Well, economists right? – not have to leave. Economists will always tell you that the best thing to do if you want to stimulate the economy is just send everybody a check. You know, like an Andrew Yang style universal basic income but temporary. Just 
give people money and they will go spend it. And, um, you know, that's, that's the fastest way to get it done. That's not popular because there's all this, you know, kind of a natural resistance that people have to just giving people money. They they want to know, oh, are you going to spend it well? They want to give it to people who actually need help. So then there's a lot of resistance to that idea. Uh, so the one that I don't know, I think that could get passed that makes the most sense is give everybody sick time that doesn't have it that they can use for this situation. So if you have to stay home sick and you can't work, we'll pay for it. So then that you, so if your employees had to stay home sick and then you as the employer have to fill out some form to get reimbursed or something from. Yeah. Or, or the government just reimburses these people directly or whatever. I don't know how it actually works operationally, but I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? So hopefully that will happen, you know, and that would provide good stimulus. But I mean, who knows what could happen, right? In Italy, they had to suspend um, mortgage payments. I don't know if you heard about that, but like it, the whole country of Italy is shut down and and they just uh, suspended mortgages and bills because nobody can go do anything, right? I mean, I think they, they've even uh, strengthened the restrictions. It used to be you could go out to go to work. And now I don't even know if you can do that. Like they are really fighting this with super, like Chinese style draconian containment is is maybe where it will go. But uh, that seems to be the only thing that's been working so far. This, that's the only thing that you can do if you don't have enough tests. You can contain it if you can test. Because then you test everyone. You know who has it. You quarantine them and you can stop the spread. If you can't test everybody because either it's gotten too big or in our case, the CDC didn't create enough tests for some inexplicable reason that I'm sure we'll all find out when there's an investigation into this. Like if you don't have enough tests, then you have to quarantine just massive numbers of people because that's the only way to stop the spread. And that's what they did in China. We don't want to have that situation. So I don't want to be an alarmist. And um, I, I think that in the end, this will not be the end of the world. But I don't see how we get out of this without kind of shutting down the country in a lot of ways for a period of uh, maybe a month or two. I, I, I think I agree. Like I, I feel like, you know, and maybe Trump should have said that last night, right? He should have yeah. said, hey, here's the deal, everybody. Everybody says stay home for two weeks. Take care of your neighbors. Don't go get infected. Don't spread infection, right? And just yeah. bunk, bunker down. We're America. We can push through this. Let's get through the next 14 days, and then we'll see where we, where we are then, right? Yeah. And but, but that message isn't really being put out there, and it probably should be put out there, something like that. Um, but there's a lot of confusion just in general. If, have you followed Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, right? We've talked about Bitcoin and blockchain forever, right? Yeah. Bitcoin has been falling just like the stock market, right? But Bitcoin was supposed to be the savior. Like, oh, when the the world falls apart, Bitcoin's going to be the stable thing. And it's falling just as bad as the rest of the market, which kind of proves people just invest in it. They're not actually buying it to use as a currency. They were just uh, speculating. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like buying some stock or any other thing. So it's a uh, yeah. The uh, but I imagine gold's probably up. I didn't even think about checking that. But I did notice yeah, all cryptocurrencies down. No, gold is is down. It doesn't make hmm. any sense. Like um, all these safe haven assets, uh, I, I feel like people are just holding on to cash. You can't wipe your butt or sterilize your hands with gold. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's toilet paper and hand sanitizer. Those are the that's the gold uh, currently. Clorox stocks up all time highs apparently. I even saw Apple, they talked about how to disinfect your phone, your iPhone, and they actually specifically said to use Clorox in their release. Really? So um, not just bleach. They actually said you can use Clorox wipes. So they specifically named them. I don't know if Clorox paid them to be in their press release, <laughs> but 
it, it, it's that specific. There are some things that people can do. Um, Journal of Accountancy had an article about how to calm your clients' fears. Oh, that, what I missed that one. What are they saying? Yeah, so um, calming clients' fears during the coronavirus outbreak. Unfortunately, this is going to involve a lot of soft skills that sometimes a lot of CPAs don't have. But right now, your clients are probably going to have tons of anxieties. Stock market's down. Everybody's panicking right now. Well, right? and it's CPAs, especially you know, in small firms, are serving small businesses. And small businesses are getting really, really hurt by this yeah. pandemic because people aren't going out. You know, They aren't buying – people don't want to be in public, right? They're not going out and buying stuff. So the recommendation is to offer perspective. Um, a lot of times it's just telling clients, you know, just to, you got to sit time, sit, or sit, sit tight for the p- current time, right? Um, staying in touch. Um, even if they're not calling you, reach out to them. Just be there, you know, be a good ear, talk to them. I mean, really just listen, just acknowledge their concerns, acknowledge their concerns, and that'll just help. By you showing you're sensitive as their accountant, you're just going to alleviate a lot of their fears just by doing that. Um, there's some more concrete tips though from... Sequoia Capital. So Sequoia Capital, uh, they had an article they wrote up, uh, Coronavirus, the Black Swan of 2020. And it's basically a note that they sent to, to Sequoia founders and CEOs. So Sequoia is a big capital investment firm, mm-hmm. a big VC firm. And this is what they sent out to their founders and, and CFOs. So they talked about like kind of what's happening, right? Dropping business activity, supply chain disruptions, and really ultimately like all travel has been canceled. Like all face-to-face travel, meetings, anything they just don't need it. But some tips that they're giving people. So cash runaway, expect fundraising. So if you have clients that are raising funds, it could be very difficult here very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, sales forecasts, right? And this is like, I think you and I discussed like the draft, right? Like people are probably going to need tools like that more than ever to really project where they're headed over the next 12 months to 18 months. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, thinking about your marketing, it's going to completely change. And that obviously leads into headcount and then capital spending, right? So there's some tips in that as far as things to have discussions with with your clients um, on how their decisions they make probably in the next 30 days are going to probably ripple for the next 18 months. I think the number one thing is it hasn't officially happened yet, but April 15th, the tax deadline is going to get extended. I just don't see how that doesn't happen. And the Treasury Secretary, Stephen Mnuchin, already said that he supports extending the deadline beyond April 15th. We just don't know when it's going to be. He said that was on Wednesday. or He said that on Wednesday. And, and what, what can that, is that an executive order that can make that happen? Is this an act of Congress? Is this, uh, can Darish just decide this? Like what, what's involved in that? Do you have any idea? He said there's two things they can do. They can delay filing and they can delay delay payment. And Mnuchin said that his department can delay the payments without the permission from Congress. So that's something that they could do, delay it until, say, October 15th if they needed to. That doesn't necessarily take care of the filing, you know, which also needs to happen. That's outlined in the tax code. So the tax code gives the secretary latitude to delay the deadline in disaster situations. And they have done that for victims of natural disasters, but that's been in regional areas. So I'm not sure if it would be okay for him to do it just on his own for the whole country. Um, Congress really should pass a law saying what is what is delayed. Uh, and that was the view of Nicole uh, Kading, an economist with the National Taxpayers Union Foundation, 
But assuming Congress doesn't pass a law, then the Treasury Secretary has broad authority. So, you know, maybe he could just do it himself. So this is a collision of two worlds. And I think I talked about last week, like you're more likely to get ransomware or uh, email fished than you are probably to get coronavirus. Well, it depends if, if you're listening to this in March or April. So that, that's true. <laughs> but uh, it's a collision of two worlds. The cyber criminals now are exploiting the coronavirus. So oh, they're no. sent out. So, ima- so imagine getting an email that looks legit and it has some, hey, here's some tips from the CDC and you click it. So just be extra diligent with the the emails that are coming out because right now, and it's actually gone up, like every email from every software vendor, every company, every hotel, every airline, everybody's sending emails about, you know, talking about um, the coronavirus and how they care so much, et cetera. But those, those emails are very easy to spoof. You could write one that looks very similar and all the links in it could be totally bad. So be very, very careful on the emails you're opening. Um, don't let your guard down. Because oh, it's you know it looks oh, legit. Right. talking about. I would never think that a hacker would send me a coronavirus notification, like an email. Like that wouldn't occur to me. I normally they go. It's something very predictable, right? Like like a, a payment notification or something. Or that's good advice. Yeah. And then I was wondering about Facebook, Google, Apple. They're tracking everything about everybody, right? We have they have all their phones. They know where we're at. In theory, they should, like what are they doing to help with this situation? Like they could probably predict who has it next, because they could tell. Well, that guy was in the same synagogue with a bunch of other people that have Facebook running on their phone all the time, and they know who's been in which vicinity. They could probably track it and help that way. But um, well, you know why they won't do that? Because then they'd be admitting how much location data and how much they know about us and how and that that's super creepy. <laughs> so 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 basically they can use that to sell me something I don't need, but god forbid like as a society we need something more. Um yeah, they're going to use their they're not going to use their power for good if it takes away the ability to make money someday. I mean, I yeah. just I call me a cynic. So so I so I questioned that publicly on Twitter and Kylie Parker, uh, she's Lotus Accounts, um, Kylie Parker CA on Twitter. So she found an article that really says what they're doing. And what they've been really doing is playing whack-a-mole with um, coronavirus conspiracy theories, incorrect corona news, incorrect corona coverage that's just all over. It's all over on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok. And that's that's what the tech companies are busy doing. They're busy just deleting bad stories. Ultimately, wow! Uh, but I but I feel like they could contribute so much more. They have the data. Well, and that's the thing that is kind of disturbing to me is I have come across folks on Facebook threads who really don't think this is happening, or the, that it's a hoax, or they seem to. If they're real, I don't know if they're real or bots or what. But I I mean I can see how you could think that it's not a big deal, or it's not even really happening because you don't see it happening yet. And there aren't that many cases and there aren't that many deaths compared to the flu. But the math doesn't lie. And we can see what's happened in Italy and uh, in China and and in Iran. And it's very possible that this could happen here too. Uh, and if you if you actually like, do, you know, do the numbers and build out a model, um, it, gets, it gets frightening. If we don't do anything, it's a real disaster. But if we do do something, it's totally containable. That's the positive thing. Is like we still have time to stop this from becoming a true disaster. Yeah, and it's starting to feel like private enterprise is taking 
steps and stands faster than the government is. You know, um, even I think I got an email from Starbucks today and they have a, because they just experienced this in China, they have a whole operations manual on what to do now and they're in the States. Like first, we're going to have people not sit next to each other at tables. And then if we have to go at the next step, we're not going to let people in the store. And then if the next step, we will only let people go through the drive-thru, right? Like, so they, like private enterprise is really possibly the ones that's going to pull it. In the free market, it might actually impact us more than government can, ultimately. Um, I'm sure the government did not shut down Disney. Like they probably had to make that decision on their own. I'm curious, actually. Yeah, and that's a tough choice for a company to make. Uh, well, I think it's close. They said through the end of the month. Wow. Yeah. So I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else that's related to Corona and our industry this week. Tomorrow we're going to do a real news episode, and that's yeah. why it was nice to separate this out. Right? It gives lets people get a break. Tomorrow's episode will be coronavirus free, hopefully, unless something really <laughs> ridiculous happens in the next. Yeah, don't make promises hours. you can't keep. But but we'll try, and so we'll be able to have a separation so people can get a little bit of a break from this because yep. I think it is. I think hopefully you know it's going to smooth out, but I know it's a little stressful and it's very distracting. Well, uh, David, good chatting with you, and enjoy having the kids at home. Yes, the the work from home with kids. Um, that'd be interesting to see the impact on productivity. <laughs> we'll talk. The nation. We'll talk about we'll that. Talk about Maybe tomorrow. not tomorrow, but definitely the following week after I've been at home with my five year old for a week. Play a lot of Fortnite, I guess. <laughs> like, here you go. Maybe you'll, maybe you can learn it for me and tell me how it is. You can get a hold of me. I'm at David Leary on Twitter. I'm at David Leary on LinkedIn. And Blake, yourself? I am at Blake T. Oliver on Twitter. I am Blake Oliver CPA on LinkedIn. And if you want to talk to us, well, if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do that. We now have a Google Voice number. You can call in and leave us a voicemail. We'll take a listen. We maybe we'll even play it on the air. That number is 202-695-1040. Again, 202-695-1040. I'd love people to call that number and just say like how you're getting through this, right? Everybody's at home. They're on lockdown. How you're getting through this. And for a lot of us, because we're not going to an office, maybe we're not getting that social interaction we want. And maybe this is a way for you to to get something off your chest to the rest of the world. Yeah, I, I, that sounds great. We're going to need some interaction, some other voices, David. Uh, <laughs> I, you can't only talk to Blake. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, just me and my family and you. You're part of the family now, David. I mean, you're quarantined with me here uh, through this headset and microphone. We'll get through it together. All right. And so we'll all, so we'll all of us, all our listeners as well. So until tomorrow. Talk to uh, you then. Have a good one. All right. Bye. bye.